Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Billy Watson TV. It gives me great pleasure to introduce a guy who I've seen live on stage but we've only just met about 10 seconds before because um, he never seen the link I sent him prior but anyway we got there. Well done Tommy. How are you doing today? Tommy Coyle. I'm doing great man. That's cool. Yeah I've had a productive day which I never do. All right. so it's like one in a million. Well, you could have fooled me because I've been seeing some of the work you put out and it's pretty impressive and it looks like you put a lot of time and effort into that. So It did, but it took a, it takes a long, long time. Yeah. Like most bands take about a year or two. I take about three to six. So, What for? To produce a song? Uh, just no. to put out an album. I just, I, I, I'd procrastinate a lot, but I'm getting better. I'm slowly getting better. Right. I'm, what I'm doing, I'm, I'm handing over the mixing duties to somebody else now. Right. So, on the songwriting and getting that aspect right, yeah, because there's even even right up to the mixing stage, there's a lot to do, like even just recording and tracking and having that extra stage of having to do the mixing, it it causes a lot of like overwhelm for me. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot. So a lot of bands just do that anyway, don't they? You don't have to do the mixing. So I was like, I, right. I gave it to someone. Yeah, that's why I have producers and all that shit quite often writing the whole songs for them <laughs> in the music industry. Um, yeah, let's yeah. talk about, I mean, I saw you at Equinox, so we'll get to that. That was awesome uh, set you done there, and also you're part of the house band. But would you like to tell me and also the audience, you can, where you grew up, how you got into music, and, uh, you know, that kind of thing? Um, I grew up in York, and I started playing music when I was about 12 or 13. My dad's a musician. He's in a Bob Dylan tribute band called Blonde on Bob. Okay, cool. Um, so, yeah, listening to like Bob Dylan when I was younger and, you know, Jackson Brown. What? And then obviously getting into the 90s like Oasis. And, uh, yeah, I think it was it was them that made me start playing guitar, really. Talk Tonight by Oasis was the first song I learned on guitar. All right, cool. Uh, yeah. And, uh... I was going to say, was... it does have a kind of indie kind of vibe kind of place it in the kind of that 90s period of guitar bands. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it's dated, but, you know, you can feel the influences, you know? Mm. Yeah, yeah, I definitely like the indie. Aye. Yeah, even though it's that kind of time has passed a bit now. I don't know, you, 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 I mean, to be honest, I was going to buy your album at Equinox, but I just never got around to it. Um, somebody bought me a drink or something. And uh, basically, when I was driving on the way home, I said, oh yeah, I was meant to buy a guy's album. And then I've been playing your stuff on YouTube, and I'm like majorly impressed. I was like, you know, it must be quite frustrating because the quality of work you're putting out, um, I don't know, you should have more hits and more views and all the rest of it, you know? Uh, that's very nice for you to say, man. Um, but uh, I guess there's a lot of artists out there who are good. Yeah. And um, I'm just really excited to be part of what is kind of like a scene. I never in my life was like part of any kind of group of people before and that just makes the music more exciting um and it's it's it's, it's been like a positive to come out of the last few years which there was so much like negativity with to, to focus on i mean did you get drawn down with the negativity or did you just stay oh well high vibration i don't know about high vibration i was carrying a lot of anger <laughs> venting it quite a lot <laughs> But I was doing it in jest, and I was doing a show called Shooting a Ship where I was ranting at these memes, trying to educate people, but it was a show, you know, so I was being angry, but I wasn't carrying that around with me all the time, you know. But people were, like, 
way the protest meetings, I was trying to offer solutions and talk about things we can do or learn this about you know, no virus or whatever, you know, trying to make it constructive. And I found just the energy of it's like, oh, the government, rah, 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 rah. Nobody's actually stopping and looking in, inside. And, you know, how can we change to create a better world, you know, and how can we get more healthy? And, you know, it's very much still outward projection of ego, a lot of it. So, but the thing, it was quite good, I thought, the COVID things are, could be a blessing in disguise for, like, I knew vaccines were harmful. I never got my son vaccinated. And I didn't really believe the medical establishment, but somehow in the back of my mind, I must have still had this, you can catch a cold thing. But once I've really learned exactly the fraud of virology, then you understand you're responsible for your own health and what you put in your body, and you know then you're responsible for everything after that. You know, but people really need to take that first step and admit that you kind of get healed through a pill, and you have to take care of yourself, and that includes many other aspects. You know, but mm-hmm. that could be the the thing that's coming out of this. You know, it's helping and awakening. They the dark side play their card, but it has a kind of reverse. Well, uh, an opposite kind of, you know, karmic reaction. Yeah, it's like a spiritual type, a spiritual type of uh, war. Yeah. Um, but are you saying that you weren't, um, you didn't like the protests? Like you preferred to focus on like the the health side of it, or did you go to the protests at all? Yeah, I was I was speaking at some of the protests, and I found myself kind of getting marginalised by kind of people with an agenda. I felt. And um, it becomes controlled opposition, or you know, right. that kind of thing. So yeah, that creeps me out. That whole controlled opposition thing, because <laughs> it makes you not want to hang around with anyone. Uh, you're like, you're like, anyone could be like a potential controlled opposition in this type of a movement, because it's it's like we're in, it's like the the state are against what we are kind of standing for in our anti lockdown stance. Well, there's a lot, there's an example. I had Kelly Brogan on my show last night. She's really quite outspoken about the virus issue. And we're talking about that. Um, Buttar, Dr. Buttar had just died and he said he was getting poisoned. You know, so we were, yeah, that. that's sad, obviously. But at the same time, he was still a promoter of COVID is real and you can catch a cold and all this kind of stuff, you know. So we're just saying, you know, you always have to look under things, you know, and you can't really even trust that, you know. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I was seeing someone saying on Facebook that Andrew Bridgen yeah. is, is a bit dodgy because he's asking for like a, a fundraiser of two hundred and fifty grand to go against um, Hancock, but that's uh, quite a lot of money. I uh, don't know what to make of it, but well, he's another one that doesn't say no virus until these people come out and go full balls to the wall and take on the medical establishment with the truth, you know. Then why can is everyone knows vaccine damage? Yeah, and but you know is that just they're almost exposing the government for being bad because they actually want to get rid of government, essentially, down the line and just as have with all robots and controlled by AI. So it's part of putting Joe Biden in place and these people to make them look like fucking idiots and, I don't know, mm. weird, weird theories. <laughs> yeah, I mean, any, any anything could be possible. Obviously, you don't want to... If someone like Andrew Bridges is doing something good, you don't want to then just assume that he must be controlled because if he, then it will stop other people from actually speaking out because then there's like an automatic thing that you're controlled. But if they're actually controlled, then there's no no problem looking into it, is there? That's right. I mean, I, I get the feeling from him, he is quite genuine uh, from what the people who he's mixing with, you know, and kind of, because he is hanging around with lots. I mean, I've, I, mean, I was down at Comcast in Derby 
as uh, event that had iconic and Katie Hopkins and Andrew Lawrence. And I was going to say something there. I, I talked to somebody. I there was a lady there who she organises quite a few of these protests, and then um, she she was on the stage recently with that MP. I forget his name now, but basically. She was very nice and very trustworthy, but there's lots of rumours about her, you know. So when like you meet Hopkins. No, just this other lady, I forget her name. She organises lots of the protest meetings for the vaccine that damaged. Right. She had yeah. Andrew Bridgen on the one in London recently. She was like the main host. Right. So she's had a lot of people calling her that and it actually affected her quite a lot. She kinda took it personally and hid and then she came back out of it a couple of months later, you know, because it was a lot to take on. But the cause was kind of more bigger than her, so she kind of got back into it. But she was a really lovely lady. Right. Again, so and she then was... I actually met Jamie Ike as well, and I've interviewed David Ike. And Jamie Ike was really lovely. I've interviewed Gareth as well, you know. So there's lots of rumours about the Ike family being controlled opposition. But when you meet them in person, mm. there's really good energy off them, and, you know, I felt trustworthy, you know. See, what what I think might happen is they're not people, some people might be controlled, but say, for example, if David Icke, um, he is actually really authentic, and I believe he is, but at some point in his life, he he got basically threatened and said, you can talk about what you're talking about, but don't talk, to, don't talk about this. Possibly. He might, he might have actually gone, okay, I won't talk about that. Because if someone came and threatened me and my family, right, yeah. you might see like this, suddenly I'm like, Okay, I won't talk about that. Do you know what I mean? I don't know what I would do in that situation. Um, yeah. So it's it's very easy to like, you know, I hope that I would die on my hill, to be honest. Well, basically, I just don't know how I would if I was threatened. Well, there is a lot of people like, I kind of call them out a little bit for saying no virus, but people like Neil Oliver, who probably does do a lot of good work and he does wake a lot of people up, and he maybe is aware of it, but he's not saying it. So do you be hard line there and say, you know, shill, or do you say, appreciate the good he's doing? The same with Andrew Bridge and everyone, you know. Everyone's got a part to play, really. It's up to you to take on what you think is right and wrong. That's the whole part of going down the rabbit hole. Like, I started with David Icke, and then I went down all kinds of ones from there, you know, and then some of them were obviously bullshit, but it's just part of that kind of realisation that the world is not as you think it is. So... Bucket and everything's up for grabs, but you don't want to go too far down that line as well because then there's nihilist and stuff like that, you know. <laughs> I even heard like a YouTube video recently where someone was saying because we're actually all living in different and like actually en- energetic realities that the other people are, are actually living in a in a reality that has a virus and we're not because it, it like it, I didn't explain it right, but it was like saying it's like a lot of your reality is just based on what you like well, it's your you beliefs. relate with it sort of thing well it's your belief basically you know because people think there is a virus going on and you can catch a cold when you see somebody come into your room and they sneeze you I might a day, day or so later you might start sneezing because you think you've caught the cold because it's a subconscious belief that's mm-hmm. how the placebo effect works you know basically you think you take a pill you think a drug but it's n- nothing you know and then you get magically better because the, the the power of the mind. So that's why they're pumping all this fear into the television, and you know, telling everyone there's a virus going around, mm. and people are getting ill just through the fear <laughs> of catching it. You know. Yeah, it can't be good for the immune system. I mean, it, the thing is, yeah, what I liked about the last few years is that it was so obvious what they were doing. Is that I thought that it would be like plain as day, like you know, lockdowns are obviously bad for health, 
um, taking up like untested exactly, yeah. <laughs> sort of vaccines are very bad for your health. There's a lot of the stuff that they did, which is like bad for your health. Yeah. You know, my mum used to tell me when I was like 18, when I was in my room, she used to say, you've got to get outside. Don't, st- don't spend all your time in your room, like watching your TV, get outside. But then during the lockdown, it's like everything was like, well, reversed. Yep. And, it, and there was like, no, stay inside now. It's amazing how they pulled yeah. it off, the power of television and hypnosis, you know. But you talk, you said the word there that kind of, it's a little bit of a misnomer. When people talk about the immune system, it's like we don't actually have an immune system. We've got like a health system that gets rid of poisons, you know, it recognises a poison. But there is no virus flying around to be immune from, you know. So you can be healthy and obviously have a healthy system and body. Mm-hmm. And then that's strong and then I'll fight off any toxicity easier or get rid of it, you know. But I've heard of this. The, the, the no, so you're you you think there's like no viruses like at all, really? It's yeah, just the whole, body detox, detoxing when you get a cold or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's basically it. Yeah, I've basically, it virus proved, the, the experiment that proves a virus is basically fraudulent because they add all this different stuff to it and it breaks these cells down, and then they claim it's a virus that caused these cells to break down. But it was actually all these other things you added and starving the cells and adding it some metal to it to look in it through an electron microscope. If you do the same experiment without adding any human snot, just add all the other stuff, you get exactly the same result. John Ender's done that in 1954 and kind of brushed over it. But Stefan Lanker's done it again recently. He was a German virologist who went through the high court to prove measles wasn't caused by a virus. So he's done the same experiment using no human tissue and has basically proven what they're calling a virus is just cellular debris of these cells breaking down. And they can't say, like, that's all the polio one, that's the AIDS one. That's, it's just a mush, really, of cells that have broken down and they've got these wee pictures and they're claiming magic comes from it. It's a complete hoax. Mm. So you've gone quite deep on the old virology. Yeah, I've interviewed yeah. all the main players in that, apart from Stefan Lanker, basically. Yeah. I never really thought about it until, you know, I went to Thailand and I had to have an injection for anti-malaria. Well, malaria is just the flu, and that's just yeah. another that thing. Because yeah. I, I basically they said don't drink any alcohol, and then I drank alcohol, and I and I was the most sick I've ever been in my life for about a whole day. Like, and after been, that, the the belief that they told you, you they implanted that in your head, and you've done it. You know, could have been that in action? Maybe, well, maybe, <laughs> maybe he just had a bad reaction to alcohol. He was a bit of a silly. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, because yeah, they don't want to take any of their drugs. They're all poison. None of them do any good. You know, they'll mask a symptom. Because what they call disease is just different symptoms. So that's basically chickenpox is probably a reaction to the childhood vaccination. So they had to call it something. But it's all the toxicity of the vaccine trying to get out. Because it looks mm-hmm. for the easiest point, and you know it comes out in the skin quite often in children. It's a big organ. But then they can go deeper, and you get more different illnesses through different toxicity. Because all the shape we're pumping in our bodies, EMS and stress and other factors. Yeah, yeah, and like you got the papers like the Guardian. I mean, I've seen I've seen articles in the Guardian which is like, um, the latest vaccine will be no match for long COVID. That's science. Science's next challenge is long COVID. And I'm like, this is in the Guardian. I can't believe it. Well, like, before coming on here, the Guardian failed to ban Katie Hopkins. Then. They were trying to get her banned from doing a gig in this town. Like, Who the fuck's a guardian to ban Katie Hopkins from trying to speak again? And again, I met Katie Hopkins and she was fucking lovely. And um, couldn't it have been nicer? She 
when we got a selfie with my girlfriend, we're having a right old laugh. Yeah, she was and anti-lockdown, wasn't she? So. You should look, Kate Hopkins, uh, she, she posts videos and she's like quite forthright. She was having a well go, good go at uh, Philip Schofield in that. But anyway. Oh, yeah. She's not a cutting edge kind of conspiracy theorist, but she's got a lot of balls, basically. Most, yeah, yeah. She seems all right when I've, I've seen her. Yeah. Quite entertaining. So what about the Rise Above crew then? How did you get involved with these guys? Um, it was like through... Because uh, Inspe- Inspector Veg and Lucas Lyon, they were, I'd, I'd like been done a little tour with them and then they went to play because it's like a mostly rap festival. Aye. And I just, I just, I didn't get a slot on the day, but I just showed up and I had my busking gear with me. So I, I did a little busk in the forest and that was just really nice. And, um, was this the first one? The first one in September. And then six months later, came back and brought like a full band with the electric. And Aye. yeah, that was brilliant. Like getting, getting to like learn all of the artist songs, play them, and then watch it as a. I was going to ask, how did you do that? <laughs> I must have took some, I must have took some doing to learn all those songs. It, it took, uh, you know, it, took a fair amount of time but you know it's like a it was like a really enjoyable process because i really like the songs so it wasn't like hard to do and like um yeah so yeah i don't mind don't mind backing people up at all that's great how long did it take to prepare all that then um i think we just like me and the the bassist and the uh, drummer we just in the whatsapp group we just Send all the songs to each other, and then about a few days later, we go. Have you learned them? And then it's like, all right, we'll jam it. And then usually the songs are quite simple. Right. Um, so yeah, and the, the the drummer did a really good job. So I didn't have to do that much. I was just like, you know, and they're just like playing the same chord over and over again. <laughs> cool. Yeah, it was really good. Though. Yeah, really awesome experience. Before days in the forest, there. Were you yeah, getting yeah. into the party mood after they came off stage? Sorry, sorry, mate. Were you getting into the party mood after you came off? Yeah, stage? yeah. I mean, I, I had, I, I stayed pretty serious up until all the I done all my bands, and then I had, a, I think I had a drink afterwards and mushrooms, and uh-huh. yeah, being in the forest, just it was, yeah, just all those festivals. But that that one was particularly special. But the, all of them are just like, um, just such like when I when I when I walk away from, them, I just feel like healed, like. Um, we got to go more, more in that direction, you know, because you know that's uh, that. Before I'd rather do that than like go to Glastonbury these days, really. Oh, it's, yeah. I mean, obviously the music from these bands would be good to hear them, but just the experience of just I just like walking around. You could talk to anyone, you know. It was, everyone was dead chill. You knew there was no arseholes there, and just even people being crazy or that, just like oh, hey, there's no stress, you know. And um, just a, a wee insight to what life could be like, you know, people were mm. conscious. <laughs> mm. So you've been doing this like pre twenty twenty. Like, what is your main thing that you're doing up in Scotland? Is that where you are? Yeah, well, I'm in Scotland. Yeah, it's a long story. I started researching conspiracy and trying to. I was trying to form a band when I was like nineteen. I was in one and kind of split up. My, my first friend he's got some electronic music out satellite dub if you want to check that out but basically I because I told everyone I was going to be a rock star and we'd had a big fallout I started learning the guitar and writing lyrics and I thought my words were quite good but it wasn't very good so I tried to form a band and this girl she gave me one of the singers I got in the band for a while she um, gave me a David Icke video and I watched that 
And then it's like, oh, fucking. And then two weeks later, Dame Dyke was in Edinburgh, so I went to see him with her and the sister. But anyway. What year was that when you first watched the, the Alec video? It could have been around 94 or something like that. Right. Um, early, early. Aye. So that was me. I was working night shift and I was studying then. And then I heard David Dyke talk mm-hmm. about uh, Bill Hicks. So that got me starting doing comedy around about 1999 to try and wake people up. And then I basically I moved to Turkey in 2005 for 14 years. I lived there and came back in 2018. And I wasn't working a full-time job. So I've had a lot of time in those night shifts and in Turkey going down hundreds of rabbit's holes and listening to fucking Ken. I'd love to have lived in Turkey, man. How long, how long were you there for? 12 years in total. I was there seven 12 years. 12 years in, in Turkey? Seven years, came back for eight months and went back for another uh, five years. So how how did you, like, because I actually thought about moving to Greece or Turkey, but wouldn't you need, like, a visa to get a specific job or something? Well, aye, there is all that kind of side of it. You can buy residence permits, and um, I lived in a residence permit, but basically my money ran out, I had to come back. My son, though, wanted to uh, do education here, go to high school and stuff like that, so... That was the main reason for coming back. Right. So, you know, anyway, that's why we came back. He's at college now and planning to go to uni, so I'm stuck here for another three years, apparently. <laughs> Unless I kick him out, go back there. <laughs> nah. It's quite a... It was an experience, you know. It's, you learn a lot about yourself living in a different culture, and I'm not sure how it would be these days because, like, lots of Ukrainians have been just taken over the town, apparently, practically. Because you know things have changed, obviously, and they're obviously changing on a daily basis. And there's some Erdogan recently had an election. Lots of people saying it was rigged, but um, it was almost a draw. So basically, they're having to have an, a rerun in like another week's time. And if Erdogan wins, people are saying it's going to turn into a Shiite Muslim and all this kind of stuff. And so it's heavy duty stuff. And the leader there's plummeted. You know, it used to be quite strong. So things as they do everywhere, are getting worse. So it's hard to it's hard to live there. You know, was like trying to teach English and stuff. Oh, like so that. you went there to teach English? That was the the reason, yeah. No, my first wife is Turkish. Oh right, and I had that. It's a long story, mate. I've actually got a book. I'm working on another book. It's called Sex, Drugs, and Marriage, <laughs> and it's a story of all the insanity that I've went through, man. Because <laughs> hmm. I've done a show at the Edinburgh Festival called that about this all this stuff. So some really quite dark humour in there. And the, like at Edward Festival, you get a room full of strangers. I'm supposed to be interviewing you, but anyway. Like, Sorry. Uh, Just you, don't know, place. you don't know them from Adam. They don't know you. So like one time I had this room with 20 people and I was telling the story of my life, basically, in graphic detail. And there's two people absolutely pissing themselves laughing and everyone else just staring at me. <laughs> and at the end, everyone else just walked out without giving me anything. And those two people gave me a tenner each. So that's kind of my ratio for fucking get me, you know. <laughs> right, right. And when you do these gigs, uh, do you get like uh, enormies attacking you sometimes if you're in the wrong type of audience? I have had that. That's why I have to kind of back off these days because it's impossible. But way back, coming back from Turkey one time in the eight month period I had um, when I was coming back to live here and trying to start here living again, actually before going back because my son was still there. So I went back to see him again so I got a job in the local food factory and then I made this joke 
because they made a job, job in a food factory and they went to the canteen at lunchtime and thought I'd fucking been teleported to fucking Poland, right? And it was just an observation, like, Christ, there's a hell of a lot of Polish working in here in the seven years of okay, whatever, what's happened? And uh, some guy in the audience jumps up, hey, you're being racist, mate. I was like, no, I'm no, I'm just making an observation. Mm-hmm. Then I says, you know, I'm going to vote for UKIP. Um, that's mainly just to get rid of Lenny Henry. And they thought I was being racist. And I said, no, it's just because he's a shit comedian. But basically, <laughs> um, when they get the jokes, you can't even get the jokes. Maybe people get you know triggered at words these days without hearing the joke. They don't listen. Yeah. It's torture. Yeah, you get this. I bought a, um, I bought like some speaker stands off this guy off Facebook Marketplace, right? I, I picked up the speaker stands and I was like, he, he was a drummer, and I was like, oh well, maybe I'll see you at blah blah blah. And he was like, yeah, man. And then like when I got home, he blocked me. And he'd like sent me an abusive message, like about like because he said I'm a vulnerable person, and I, I had some stuff on my wall about how I was against COVID vaccines. So, okay. so he was basically like saying you. Are, I think he ended by saying you are trash, oh, and, he, and, he, and he and he blocked me. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? Like this guy seemed pretty reasonable, um, and he blocked me. So that's happening quite a lot. I think that's happening. It's like a kind of mass sort of. Virus I mean, in the mind, isn't it? Even at this stage in the game, I think most people can't really argue there's people vaccine damage going around, but they're still not talking about it and admitting it, and they'll still think COVID is real till the cows come home. Well, I don't know what people think. Like, is Andrew Bridge and is he's, he's only asking questions and he's getting fired. Well, he's getting uh, kicked out of his party. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, can can you do that for asking a question about it, even if it's not true? And it's right. like. People are just—they're so like passive, like they just—and like the MPs are the worst of the lot because they're—they're—they're they're, they're sort of passive and they're on, on a big paycheck. So if you, you know, I don't think they should, you know, that they're getting paid as much as they do because they can't be. I don't think they can think straight when they're thinking about the money they're going to lose by going against whatever it is that's being said. Do you know what I mean? They're like, oh, I'm like, like if they're on like a two hundred grand salary or something. I don't know. I think in politics, who knows what kind of shenanigans goes on and what kind of, you know, who's got allegiances and oaths and that they take. You know, it's, to me, there's a lot of theatre going on. And, uh, yeah, they're idiots, these people. Why do we fucking follow them? You know what I mean? John Major and people like that, the penny should have dropped. Like, come on, you know. <laughs> I, guess we, I guess we've got to follow someone. And is someone, like, made a comment that, like, it's related to how in the caveman days we were in tribes and we and we looked up to a leader so that part of our brain is still like craving some kind of uh, uh, guidance and leadership from something but, I think um, if you look at the cult authorities for a reason because they author they're writing the script mm-hmm. and they do it through media and stuff like that and the human brain is programmable so if you're telling them the same story would it be a religion you know why do so many people think Allah or Muhammad or Jesus or this because they've been brainwashed through different types of propaganda and media you know, yeah. So it's going on. Everything, even if we take money, real. You know, money's a belief, and it's not backed by anything. It's just a belief that's got value. You know, mm-hmm. everything, everything. You know, we think we're living a spinning ball, but you didn't actually feel it move. Mm-hmm. You know? so you're, you're on the flat Earth argument now. That's a, another one that causes a lot of arguments, isn't it? I, I mean, I, I was like working in this other factory, and the word got out. I didn't think we lived in a spinning ball. You know, 
and then this guy comes up to me and I was like, just starting, can you feel it move? And it just, he had this moment where like, I can't actually, you know, and you can see it and he's coming back to me later and I said, you fucked my heat up with that, mate. Because <laughs> people never questioned it, you know. Mm. And But some people just mock you, at, you know, and I fell out with those guys quite a lot, but mm-hmm. some people, will, when you get information, they'll have a moment, you know, and say, oh, mate, there's actually one guy. I, I was working beside him for two days, this young guy, and by, I wasn't talking to him all the time, but I was just chatting to him there and again. By the end of the second day, he says, he thinks he's learned more from me in two days than he did in all his school. <laughs> two days of what? Just me chatting to him oh, about wow, okay. whatever like that, you know, and like, yeah. then I talked to him a couple of weeks later and he said he's seen the world differently. He says, yeah. I basically, I used to be worried at the news and now I just laugh at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I remember I was, I was I was in the gym the other day and uh, you know, they, they always have the, the TV on with the BBC, which I don't like because I wish they oh, would turn it off. But it was like the stuff that was on it is comical. It was like, I think it was like, what is the sexuality of Britain? And it was like 88% is this, 2% is like trans or 3% is like, and I'm like, who cares? <laughs> and it's like this whole like report about it. And I think then they had like Madeleine McCann, like bringing that all up again. And it's like, I don't, I, I don't know what it, I don't know what it is, but it's like, yeah, well, I see it now, and it's just like, yeah. Well, to me, I got the David Inc. video, watched that, and then the news was on right after it, put the news on, and went, well, that's a crock of shit. <laughs> I never really watched the news much anyway, but, you know, I just realised well, they're lying out their arse because there's no talk of the Bilderberg group there. Yeah. Is there? Never heard of them before. Why is it not in the news? But then you get people who, like, they're not awake, but then they kind of think they know what what is going on, and they say stuff like, that Trump is causing potential fascism by the way that he's acting. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I'm like, well, don't you think it's fascism to be putting people into lockdown? And then they go, no, that's just a health response. So it's like <laughs> people are like, living, you can't even debate people because as soon as you start to get into things, there's an immediate, like, uh, just two different realities just kind of can't connect. So it's, I don't even bother now. It's just... Well, this topic came up in my interview with Kelly Brogan last night, just about how to chat to the normies or whatever, instead of button heads, you know, trying to look for a win-win, where you try and find some common ground and then try and subtly bring it in, you know. But even then, it's a tough challenge, you know. And again, are we supposed to force these people? I guess everyone has their own time, because um, if you try and force it on them, they're just going to react against it. And, you know, if you, you try and... If they were to just realise what you're saying to them, sometimes the whole world has to be questioned, and some people are just not ready for that, you know. Although mm. I don't know, people. There's something happened in Scotland recently about the true history of Scottish in the English Union, and Scotland used to have a great system, and basically were taken over as a colony in the so-called Union. And there's a quite a big movement. Alex Salmond trying to get independence and unite all the parties, and SNP are getting sucked in, they don't want to be it because they're not really for independence as much as they would like us to believe, I think. And Anyway, but basically this whole thing that Scottish law, if people could get behind Scotland and that true history, that could be an example for how to uh, stand up against the WF and stuff like that because the people of Scotland, they were the crown. The people were the crown. They could sack the government at any time if they weren't serving the people. The version in England, the crown is through the king, you know, the the Prince Charles or whatever. So he has to go, th- go through him. 
but we're the crown of Scotland and people can get independence and we can get the idea back in Scotland because we were leaders in like, law and stuff like that back in the day. So that to me is something people could unite behind and so, something that could be again a good bond because I've done a, a march recently I had a much better energy. It was like a, a Scottish independence march and they were seeing a flower of Scotland. I was like, hey, this feels good. You know, it's getting moving to tears at some point like that. And it's just a different vibe than fucking, you know. <laughs> right. Scottish independence march. Yeah, I mean, because the way Westminster treats Scotland is absolutely fucking outrageous. We don't get any of our oil and gas. We're straight down to Westminster. They've been bending us over a barrel and ramming it up our arse fucking since the Union, you know. And it's an absolute disgrace. There's a couple of interviews on my website, Sarah Sawyer's. If anyone wants to check them out, it's quite an interesting story. The true history, salvo.scot is where you can get more information on that. It's interesting because, uh, yeah, history, you know, if you don't know your history, you don't know where you are now. And look what's happening in Ireland with all these immigrants coming in. They're trying to kill, change Irish, you know, Irish, Irishness. You know, it's unbelievable. And people, well, I heard the minister there say you should just water cannon these people. Fucking hell. Is it that you, you think they're building a United Nations army? Is that why they're bringing in immigrants? Is that the theory behind it? Well, is, that, is that a conspiracy theory? Well, there's that one, and there's a, I can't remember, I should learn this guy's name, Caligri Plan, something like that. The, Cal- Cali- the Clergy Plan, yeah. Aye. Someone else mentioned that to me the other day. So that's basically where they're changing the c- culture, you know, to get another white man, basically. Right. <laughs> And, you know, here's the one I heard, and I've heard this from a few different people about Walmarts all over America. And there's another one as well they mentioned, Home Depot, I think. You know, they've got all these guns and ammunition that they sell there. Well, basically, a lot of Walmarts are shutting down, and apparently they all lead to deep underground military bases, you know, the tunnel system. So if you've got all these immigrants piling in from Mexico right now, the, you know, because America just says, hey, come on in, boys, you can see them opening the gates. So they're going in at one point, they might just say, right, you can crazy guys. And at Walmart, fucking load yourselves up. They go into the tunnels and fucking chaos. Absolute fucking chaos ensues. Who knows? You know, because they're all like, Walmart works with the military and they get can, redundancy, and, uh, sorry, reduced prices and tax and blah, blah, blah. It's a government operation. Really? As all corporations, you know, why would they all masking up and all the same thing. They're all tied into the same fucking right. thing. That's the problem, yeah. They're all they're connected. Like Even people that I really like, like YouTubers like Gary Vaynerchuk, he's doing like lives with uh, the guy from Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg. And then, so he must have a conflict of interest, even though he's like, he seems like he's such a, a good guy. And there's loads of people like him who are just like, they're, they're just so in the system. Yep. Uh, well, he's a big endorser of technology, Gary Vaynerchuk. He's, oh, yeah. He's always saying, you've got to move with the flow. It's, this stuff isn't going away, you know? So fucking, you've got to use yeah. it. But, you know, like, everything... you've, got to, you've got to post 15 times a day on Instagram, 35 times a day on YouTube. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> I'm amazed fucking keep up with it. I see some people posting, like, we've got time and energy. <laughs> you, you, you're doing well to do the lives, actually, because I, I make these podcasts, but I edit them so that I can put, like, bits of film in it. But I think I might do what you're doing, because it only takes an hour, obviously, and the other one takes about seven or eight hours. Hi. So. Yeah. I've got lots of other things I'm doing as well. This is just, like, a wee side thing. Right. So, 
if I was to spend more time in it, I'd probably put it on a podcast and promote it all a lot more. I wish I had the time to do all these things, you know, but I'm yeah. trying other things. So yeah, I'm, it's hard. To, it's, I've been like getting into like man, you know, when you like juggling priorities. It's yeah. like when you make your weekly schedule, you've got to be have like uh, two or three real like important priorities that you make sure that you do, and then everything else you just got to like let go of it. And I find that hard to do because there's so much stuff that I'm trying to want to get done. Yep, tell me about it. I've never made priorities. I just jump from one to the other. <laughs> mm. Thirty things at the same time, including putting four books out recently. Another one on the go, but I that took a while. But anyway. Got to keep on, keep it on, do what you can. Hmm. You've been, uh, let's talk about your podcast. I've seen you interview a couple of interesting people. Um, who have you had on? Try and remind me. Um, it's just like friends mostly. And uh, I just kind of, I did a lot of like, during the lockdowns, I did a lot of like watching the uh, the mainstream media and just sort of uh, commenting right. on it. Because I actually... In my dissertation at uni, that's what I actually did. I actually like went through like some. Uh, I think it was Bill 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 O'Reilly, right? Like bit and like just like did some commentary on it. So right. it's, it's weird how that like lined up with right. when it, when the lockdown happened. I just sort of started doing it, and it's uh, it's it's been quite like therapeutic to do that. Um, and uh, I don't do so much of it anymore because I'm just trying to focus on the music now, but. Yeah, it's good to do all that stuff. I mean, we, now we're getting into sort of a more digital place. I mean, I don't want it to become like a full matrix, like horrible digital society, but I guess we've got to make the most of it because what if you don't make the most of it, then you're just going to live off grid, I suppose, without the yeah. internet. That's the dream, isn't it? <laughs> you know... It's kind of a it's a double edged sword, isn't it? We're all kind of bitching about AI and the technology, but we're all using it and feeding it. And it's um, true. I don't know what I don't know where the line is. You see, I know I, know I don't want to chip in my brain. Right. And like, but it's like I'm actually like doing like online courses with people, and you get to like Zoom, do these Zoom calls with these people who basically are like mentors that I really value, and like this yeah. is the only time in history that you I would have been able to come face to face with someone. So that yeah. has got to be a lot of positives to it, too. Definitely. I mean, some of the people I've interviewed is mind-blowing. I can't believe it. I was actually saying to Kelly last night, you know, I was I was saying to Kelly that I was saying to Andrew that I don't know how I get all you guys interviewing me, why you want to talk to me, because kind of, they're like doctors, and I'm just like Mr. Ken Nutter from Scotland. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I learn a lot doing it, you know. And just, I'm just going, I want to learn these things. So get them on, have a chat, get to talk to them in person and share their message. And I gain from it as well. So mm. it's not just doing it for everyone. I'm actually wanting to talk to the people, you know, I've been interviewed all these people. We fancy a chat. And they're like, all right, this guy does this. So I'm like, cool. <laughs> I've got another David Icke one coming up in, in August. You're going to interview Ike, David Icke, yeah? I've interviewed him before. Oh, brilliant, man. I'll have to check that one out. Aye. It's quite a catch, eh? But when you sent him an email, you were surprised when he uh, basically I totally that's exactly what happened. My mate he tried and got a knockback, and I thought, oh, fuck, I'll give it a go as well. And then it got positive. And I thought it was actually Gareth saying, Gareth, uh, well, because he was replying to his emails, I thought Gareth was agreeing to interview me. And then I read it again, it's like, no, no, it's, it's definitely David. 
and interviewed Gareth after that. But uh, I, it was crazy because you know he was the one that woke me up, and then to have him like on my computer screen like you are now is just like surreal from his mm-hmm. office where he does all his videos. You know, like this is fucking bizarre. Mm-hmm. And then I done this thing at Comcast where Jamie Ike was filming it. It was filmed by I- Iconic, and then um, you know I'm talking about. Yeah, David Icke was actually saying, you know, it's all his fucking dad's fault. My life is fucking Jamie's dad's fault because he's the one that started me doing the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. And then just after I'd done that gig, because I've been struggling to get an audience and fucking I've been barred from everywhere in all of Scotland for the past quite a while. And I just felt there and I just felt, you know, I felt there was always like some kind of completion that started with David Icke and I'd done that gig and it's just like, well, if nothing else happens. That was something. That's kind of justified and kind of went well with the gig. Um, so Thirty year difference. It was weird because the material I tried to do comedy with twenty five years ago, I used that same material because it didn't get very far. I was trying to wake people up. I used that at the gig just in a couple of months ago. It's still relevant. It was all about trying to start a revolution through throwing your TV away. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, basically to get a free TV license. Have you heard but, that guy John Waters? Irish. Yeah, he's, no. he's Irish journalist. Right, no. I was going to try and ask him, but uh, I think you'd have a good conversation with him because he's just like a you know down to earth Irish guy. I interviewed David Vance recently. If you've heard of him, I've uh, heard of him, but I don't think I've ever seen him. Yeah, he's um, quite popular on Twitter. He was at that Comcast as well, so that's how kind of you see me and then I contacted him. But he's from Belfast. My mother's from Belfast. So I know very much of where he, he tried to run for parliament back there, but me and him, is, I love talking to him. It's, like, it's just got this Irish banter about him, you know? And like we finished the last interview just a few days ago there. About the, he says, bring on the asteroid of death. We're just waiting for the asteroid of death to end all this madness, you know? Because it's fucking, there's no cure in this shit, man. <laughs> so do you have a prediction of like in 10 years what life will be like, or are you just taking each day as it comes? Uh, I've got whole different theories about that, you know. There's, I've got a theory, well, not my theories, it's just, you know, you entertain different ideas. There's people talk about Nibiru coming back and there's like a period of chaos we're going to get through, separating the wheat from the chaff and like, you just got to hang on in there and get through the turmoil. It's like the, you know, it's the, this is Armageddon, it's like knowledge, it's, it's a new age. But, this physical reality will remain with all the people who want to remain here. Or maybe that's what part of the vaccine is about, you know, to get people to disconnect from their soul so they can't they stay in hell under the grid system and other folk will maybe go to 5D or shit like that. Aren't you know, some of the vaccines placebos, right? What's the... Well, I don't know about placebos. I know there was batches given to politicians and stuff that had a batch for them that was saline. <laughs> Yeah, but there must have been some vaccines because they couldn't kill everyone, obviously. But um, who knows? Who knows what's in those vaccines? You know, mm. it's a right, it's a right evil master plan, isn't it? Totally. I mean, look at all the blood clots that John Looney is pour, pulling out of people. You know, mm. and, and people falling down dead, left, right, and centre all the time, and yeah. maybe batting an eyelid. I remember, I remember it was like two what two years ago when everyone was taking the vac- the vaccines. And I remember that period for about two months. I was like, I was like, I felt I was going crazy because I was like, just like on the phone to people going, don't take the vaccine, don't take it. 
It's, it's like a movie. And like people just like, chill out with it, Tom. And uh, fortunately, most most people I know are fine. But I was worried that, that it was going to be like, everyone was going to like die that I knew. And then there was going to be like, they blame it on like the Omicron variant. And, like this yeah. is the real dangerous one, but that didn't happen. So that was nice. It didn't, but you know, how many people have been sterilized or how long does this thing take to act? You know, so maybe some of it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to say it was like, it was good. But I thought, I thought, I remember like even Rachel Elnor was saying it was going to be hundreds of thousands of people dying over the winter. And I was like, oh, I I was getting myself so worked up, which is not good. I'm probably drinking a lot too. But now I'm like, well, it's, it's, it's still like crimes against humanity, but I don't see my friends and family getting ill yet, yeah. apart from one person that I know. Well, I had a family member that got the first one, got Bell's palsy, and they went to get the second one. <laughs> what does that say? Really? That's, that's amazing, isn't it? No, it's pretty sad. But I think, I think... That, isn't there like some kind of a, a psychological, like, sort of thing you have with needles after you've had the first one it's like you almost like you, you, you've become you've made some kind of contract to it once you start getting into it who knows know. yeah but basically people's just follow authority so much even if they don't believe it when they get the letter through the door it says this is the time for your second one they can't actually stop themselves from going you know it's like it's amazing because I, I, I'm always missing stuff like I, you know, like bills and stuff, like keeping up with it all. But people have the time to just be like, "Yeah, I got to fit it into my my busy day to get this this well, job." I was I was in the workplace. This is where I got fired from my job because when I started vaccinating children, I refused to play along. But up until this point, I was the only one wearing a fucking lanyard and no mask, and everyone else was going to get vaccinated. I didn't take it. The boss is walking around going, "Billy, you're getting double jacked. You're getting dehumanized." And I'm going, what the fuck are you doing talking about, mate? You know, and I'm telling them all not to take it. I ended up getting a sack going to a tribunal. It was a fiasco. Oh, really? But they backed me into a corner. And, uh, I, I can't talk about it because they shut me up. But I can't talk about it a little bit. I'm going to write about it. But I can't mention the company's name. But honestly, folk will know it. It's a local food factory. But it was absolutely fucking ridiculous. I actually called the head of the factory. I raised a meeting with him. Got him doing. I had two folders worth of information. And he says, oh, some people believe we never went to the moon or the Holocaust never happened. So therefore, you must be a conspiracy theorist, mate. Right. You know, and he just refused to look at that. He says, well, you're responsible if anyone gets ill from any vaccine or wearing a mask then. And the, I called the head of the union, had him on the phone for 15 minutes. And they kept on fucking, the union's supposed to be supporting people. It showed you how fucking bullshit that is. You know? Mm. It was absolutely shocking. Yeah. And the whole system was shocking. Just there's a war, and you know, just th- these authority cunts, the, the big gang, the cult, need to be mm. taken down. Yeah. <laughs> people need but, to get their soul back. <laughs> but then the people who, the people who are like, not even on their payroll, are kind of supporting it all up morally because you, you can't like you can't even talk about these things. Like if I mention it, like at like Christmas dinner, it'd be like, don't talk about that. And, I, and to be honest, I don't I don't talk about it, but it's like. You can't you can't have those sorts of debates without like the emotions running really high and just getting completely shut down. Yeah, people get triggered. It's amazing what they get away with. Like there's a guy, John, who's vaccine damaged. He went to the Scottish Parliament the other day 
and started handing out vaccine damage and then they talk about this, you know, immediately shut down and boo and all this stuff and whisked away. And that should be prime centre fucking concern uh, for the Scottish government, you know. And yeah, I've seen an example in the elevator. They had this woman who admitted that she knew what the Bilderberg Group was and she works for the New York uh, Times. But why don't they talk about this guy who's got in an elevator? Why, why didn't you talk about it? You know what it is. And all these other people... Says, oh, leave it alone, just let her be, you know. It's like, you should be concerned as well. This, they claim to be the news, they're not telling us about the secret meetings with all these world leaders. And they were protecting her. You can't understand the, 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 the journalist trying to get the truth of the woman. Mm-hmm. It's just a fucked up world. All the sheep, you know, protect the system, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. I even went, I went for a, like, during the madness, I went uh, to the Lake District just on my own to sort of just kind of, you know, get back to nature or whatever. And I, in the hotel that I stayed in, the lady, like, wanted me to give my details and everything because it was still at that stage of, like, every time you went somewhere, you had to, like, give your details. Oh. You know, if you're going for a pint, you've got to, like, sit in, like, sit in, like, the same place with, like, the same six people and you've got yeah. to sign in. And it's, like, there's, like, <laughs> like, things everywhere. Like, you got to walk in this direction. And, like, I, I felt like I was going insane because I was, like... Like the living, the living dead are just going along with it. Like it's not that big a deal going to a club and just sitting with the same people, is it? What's wrong with you? And you got any friends? And I'm like, actually, no. That's the thing. It's like it's like mo- mostly spend, you know, look, like looking for you know new people to sort of talk to, and like it's I'm being small that you can't you can't do it. There's offensive in them. <laughs> so, I mean, this, yeah, social distancing was just it was just like <laughs> e- evil psychology 101, and yeah. and, and you're like. How can how can you possibly be like making this sort of thing work? But it's like they tried it. It was like a bold move. They're like, "Fuck it! Why don't we just try social distancing?" And well, those things are still sitting in the background. You know, didn't think they've gone away. You know, um, they can play these cards again. Maybe you'll have to wait a while. But you know, like as far as you'll use climate control, that's the next one. You know, climate change. You can't fucking leave your fifteen minute city. You know, whatever. And then there'll be fucking more bullshit coming at you. You can. It's but just never ending. They're trying to say that you can't go out of your. Oh, hello. Sorry. Computer's just gone off. Hang on a sec. All right. Um, one, two, three, four, five. What's the issue? They're trying to say that you can't go out of your, your 15 minute zone more than 100 times a year in a car, right? That kind of uh, stuff. What if you're. But I mean, surely that at that point, the people who are like. I don't know, like plumbers or something, or you know, the people who like drive around a lot, they're going to protest against that because how are they going to make that work if they have, if they're making a living like working more than two days a week? People are actually missing. Can some people claim they got they missed the lockdown now and they got used to working at home and they like that lifestyle, you know? So then this idea, oh, fifteen minutes, sake, okay, lazy bastards who just want to sit in front of their TV and get what they call it, Mark Zuckerberg's thing. I think they've closed that down, though, isn't it? What's it called? That Max Zuckerberg, you know, just virtual reality, metaverse, I, you know, is that movie, um, Idiocracy? You've seen that one, Set no, in the Future. Or, Idiocracy is it a good one? Well, it's basically reality right now. It's set in the future, and people just sit in the same seat, but it's actually a toilet, and get their hamburgers fed to them and watch the TV. And don't move, you know. Okay, I'll, I've written that down on my to-watch list. Uh, it's quite entertaining. It's just a guy with average intelligence, but he kind of goes into the future, which can could be now, but he's like a genius, you know. 
Right, okay. Uh, Have you seen the Louis Capaldi film? The Louis Capaldi film? I only said that because I've written that down on my films to watch, and I'm like, why did I write that down? It must have looked looked good. He's that uh, Scottish singer-songwriter. I know he is. My girlfriend's from the same town. Oh, right. We didn't call us fans. Do you like him? Uh, no, I mean, like, I, I thought he had a couple of good singles, good tunes, but um, and he's got oh. a good personality, but I, I'm not, like, going to his concerts or anything. Aye, well, yeah. I don't know. I think he's playing up on his seriness a little bit. But anyway, he was on at Hogmanay, you know, fucking New Year in Scotland. And honestly, in the past, you just have Jimmy Shand and that kind of new take the high road and fucking bit party in Scottish and... We had Lewis Capaldi, it was a dirge. Honestly, going to New Year, fucking miserable. What was he singing that again? Just some painful dirge. <laughs> it's like, yeah. come on, he's a break, a New Year. Four new Lewis Capaldi songs in the New Year show. I think, no. Do you think that part of like Ed Sheeran and Lewis Capaldi, these types of people getting famous, is part of like the demasculation agenda? Or do you think that's just a bit like reaching a little bit and they're just like, Talented people just tend to get the talented jobs because they no, aren't very masculine. I mean, you know, nor am I, but do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that's totally in play. There was a while, the record company at one point got a message you're not allowed to write his or her anymore. It had to be kind of gender neutral. You know, the, the, the music industry gets used 100%, you know, mm. from day dot for propaganda and manipulation and societal control, you know. So, mm. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, I only realised that over the last few years, to be fair. Mark Devlin. They, don't want, they don't want fucking, like, I'm not a huge fan of Andrew Tate, but they don't want that type of testosterone, masculine man, you know, that's the last thing they want. <laughs> His dad was a, in the CIA, though, right? That's Who? what people are saying. Like, I like Andrew Tate too, but I, I heard that his dad was a, in the CIA, which immediately... He could have been. Him. Well, he was a top chess player. Um, I know that, but I'm not looking at Andrew T that much. I don't particularly follow him or trust him, but some of the things he says, you know, can have value. I'm not dismissing everything, but some of it can be a bit too hardcore, not not, not to my taste, you know. Mm. But again, he's getting all his publicity and look where he got his money from, you know. Basically, was you know, doing cam, cam girls and stuff like that. Did he? That's how right. he, that's what he made his... Name really in, Ro- in Romania, whatever, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's kind of exploiting women, really. Women should be, you know, goddesses and you know, you know, mm-hmm. rising up to be the best version of themselves. And you know, I'm not, I don't believe in feminism and all that. Mm-hmm. I think it's another kind of psyop, but I think it should be strong women and strong men. Mm-hmm. But instead of the, the fucking the creating weak men and dominant women to try and act like men. Mm. That doesn't work. They're trying to, you know, reverse the roles and fucking. Fuck they us are, up. but like, who, who are the people, the people who are coming up with these original ideas about trans and whatever? Is it like a very small group of people, or is it quite a broad church well, of people? Well, if you look at Baphomet, you know that they're fucking god. Lucifer's like Baphomet is androgynous, right? So it's like one way to obviously kill the population if everyone's bisexual or sorry, gay or. Trans, because you fucking hell. I don't know. He's talking about trans as if it's just an easy thing to do. It's completely insane. This whole trans thing. Who the fuck thought of it? And how the hell are people believing it? I oh, know. Have you seen the operations they go through? 
Fucking hell. Yeah. It's complete butchery. And they're doing this to young children. It's evil. Is it because the they want to move us towards AI and so the trans thing is like losing our identities and giving computers like well, identities and that and that's a kind of blurring of it all. Do you think that's part of it? Yeah, I do, yeah. Even the word trans is getting us used to transhumanism, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, being trans, so you can go from boy to girl, well, why not man to machine? <laughs> you know? I'm never going to put a chip in my brain. I'm just putting that out there now. The next 50 years. But I bet, I bet, I bet like they'll, they'll, in 50 years it might be a thing where it's like, you might as well just have a chip in your brain now. I mean, you've got this ultra-fast phone. What do you, you mean? Know, they're doing it now. <laughs> you've seen it. There's people paying for the shop and now with a chip in the hand. Is that when like they go they go on the bus and they go beep? Well, beep. they're not, not fully installed, but like in some places, like you know, like in Amazon, you can walk in now. Amazon stores there's got no no people there, so you can't see see from it because you've got to show your QR code, whatever, to get in, and then everything you take out, you get charged. So that's like China and stuff. The social credit score they want all that tied in to the microchip. I think the economy could collapse, in theory, you know. And then they could say three days of darkness. Oh fuck! What we're going to do? We need to get a new form of currency, digital ID, and that's your choice to make to be part of the beast or to fucking go and live in the field and wait till Nibiru comes. Say this, Lord. <laughs> mm. But that could be quite extreme view. Well, I bought a gener, I bought a generator, and I'm going to get, you know, I've got a vehicle. If so, if you've, got a tent, you've got a tent, you take a tent to Equinox. Not a very good one. I've got. I, I think I, I'd like to uh, get a, a van. That'd be a nice thing because I've got just a little car. Yeah, I was thinking that ideally it'd be great to have a motorhome, but again, petrol will run out. You need a motorhome that can walk, work in water, but the invent, inventors of those tend to get killed quite quickly. So, <laughs> yeah, man, who knows what's going to happen? I guess you just got to. We're all going to die eventually. So yeah. whether that is in like a what's a totalitarian state or a, I mean, we're not in a totalitarian, full full on totalitarian state, are are we yet? You can. Well, no. This is the key key crunch time. If there is to be a change, it has to happen pretty soon, in my opinion, because they're bringing all these hate crime laws and this, all this kind of stuff. So people like you and me, I'll be in jail. You know what I mean? People in Ireland who have even questioned what are these um, foreign men doing here? That's enough to get you in jail with the hate crime laws around. If, if we put me and you in jail and like, and they're lowering the bar, surely there's not going to be enough space in the jails. Well, maybe we'll fucking we'll come out of the jail because some kind of murder us or who, I don't care. You know who knows? After COVID and people believing that shit, you know what I mean? Anything's up for fucking grabs. You're right. Anything's possible. <laughs> So, yeah, these migrants at UN Army, they could get fucking come out to play one time. They could create state of emergency, whatever reason to blame it on, and all of a sudden, boom, fucking times have changed. Take your vaccination or die. Well, shoot me now. <laughs> mm. Or oh, fuck knows, man. It's mm. just, you just got to try and, cause I find it very sad for young people who want to try and start their life and just like, what's happening? You can't trust anything anymore, you know? Any form of career. I think they all want you to be employed by the government, you know, doing a fucking minion's job like Brave New World. Everyone's got their fucking place. And babies are grown and 
little test tubes. And um, if you want to raise a child, you have to pay for it. They want to take the can, the choice to have babies away. Wrong the, the, yeah. The Handmaid's Tale. You know, what's going to happen when lots of people have had the vaccine, their babies are going to be sterile as well. So, and there's a whole issue about that. How's the vaccine affecting male children's testes? Apparently, they're not going to have as much testosterone. So the new males that are born in the next generation from a vaccine parent could be, again, more effeminate and weak, you know? It's all mm. part of the agenda. Mm. And again, who is doing all this stuff? Who are these people? Where do they live? Down the tunnels, under the Getty. That's where people should be gathering on mass and saying, fucking let us under the tunnels. You're saying the elite live underground, some of them? I'm saying there's a whole tunnel network under there and there's crazy shit goes under, like under the Playboy Mansion and Jack Nicholas House and all these places are all interconnected by a tunnel system. Mm. And, you know, maybe... And apparently, I've interviewed a guy, Stephen D. Kelly, he talks about the Getty Museum. And under there, there's also another guy called Phil, Phil Schneider who talks about you know these underground military bases who have like reptilians or fucking fuck knows what else what's going on down there. And they've all got like hundreds of children and it's like kind of Lucifer's paradise down there. So there's another reality, like a hollow earth kind of fucking world going on with a whole different world from the surface level and again, we're going to say the prison wall, uh, kind of ice wall. What's beyond ice wall? Some people are saying there's pyramids in that there recently spotted. And we're kept in the fucking, in a, you know, small amount of land. What is extraterrestrial? It's maybe further land out there, outer space, mm. beyond the ice wall, not up there, you know? Mm. And even the sun and the moon, are they 93 million miles away, the sun? You know, or is it on just travelling across the top of a flat plane? And, and it could all just be a simulation anyway. Like we, we we could actually be AI, you know, because in a hundred years from now they'll be making sort of AI of us. So how, how do we know we're not AI already? There's an interesting movie, something like that. What's it called? Maybe the Thirteenth Floor or something other, something other one like that. Thirteenth Floor. I've heard of that. Yeah, I've not seen another, it. Another one. That kind of thing happens. Some guy goes into a computer. And he thinks that he comes out of it. But actually, in that level, he's in a computer as well. And there's another level above him. Yeah. Um, it's Is it World on a Wire? No, it's not that one. No, right. That was one of them. Maybe one word. But I can't remember it right now. Anyway, that's been a quick hour, Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> eight o'clock. Good chatting to you. I was going to play some of your music, but um, I would recommend people go on your YouTube channel and check it out. Yeah, Some really great tracks on there. I like, I like the one uh, Ahmed. I thought was quite an interesting one. Ahmed, yeah, that, that I was written that about ten years ago, so that's on like my old album, but Aye. it's not on the new one, obviously. Aye. Yeah, that's quite an interesting perspective. You know, instead of just finding differences with foreigners, it was like quite a good way to connect. I thought with different mm. cultures, because you know, we all do the same. I think that I got the idea for that song after watching a David Icke video. Right. The when he was talking about we're one consciousness and one right. life. Yeah, I think if it was like his freedom to fascism talk. Right. One of those really, really good ones. I think I wrote it after that. Right. Mm. Well, it certainly inspired me back in the day. I actually got one of my poems on his website in the early days. I've still got the clip and I made a photocopy of it. So he maybe influenced my lyrics and stuff. Nice. Well, I'll check your stuff out too, man. 
Okay, well, it's been good chatting to you. How can people find you? We want to promote your YouTube channel and uh, Tommy Coyle Music, C O Y L E Music. Uh, yeah, it's mostly on YouTube, but well, in the next few months, I'm going to try and put it an album out, and uh, it'll be on all the platforms and stuff. And... That's cool. If you want to hang around there, I'll chat to you after the show. Everyone else, thanks very much for watching. Hope you enjoyed that, and we'll catch you in the next one. Cheers and out. Bye bye.